Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Pastor in Your Pocket. Uh, my name is Brad Holloman, and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors at Life of Faith North here in Warrior, Alabama. And the purpose of this podcast is to simply receive and answer your questions. God questions, life questions, Bible questions, truly no holds barred, anything you would like to ask of a pastor that maybe you were a little nervous or afraid to ask in church. So here, one of our church members uh, put this episode's question in this way. When someone dies from sickness and disease, especially if they were a believer and they had a family praying and believing for their recovery, how do you answer the blame question? I think, you know, guys, that is such a great question because we have run into it so many times over our years in ministry um, that things don't turn out, number one, the way God wanted, according to his word, uh, doesn't turn out the way we wanted, according not only to what we see in the word, but even sometimes just our desires. Um, and it can be easy for all of us, and I love what this person said, to fall prey to the blame question. I think even the fact that we ask that question, what do we do, who's at fault, who's to blame for X, Y, or Z? You know, that sounds real familiar, doesn't it, to the original story in the Garden of Eden? Where does blame come from, right? You know, they're Adam and Eve, they've made a mistake, God approaches them, asks them a simple question, and they begin to say, well, not my fault, it was the woman. And then the woman says, well, not my fault. It was the snake. And in reality, both Adam and Eve were saying, God, not our fault. It's your fault because you made this woman, you made this snake, you made this creation. Why did you create a world where this could happen? Why did you do this? Why did you do? Again, blame comes all the way back to the beginning of man's fall. So I say that to say we may never ever be fully free from the blame question. I think uh, there is a, I don't know if desire is the right word, but there is a, um, a longing in us to know why, right? Why, why did that happen? Why did this not go the way God said it would go? Why did, and I, guys, listen to me, I think whys are normal but I don't always think whys are helpful. You know, we've uh, been through tragedy, Selena and I ourselves, and we've helped people through tragedy. And one of the things that I have learned is, is that in the middle of the tragedy is not the best time to ask why. You know, when we don't know why something happened, then we should not spend time or energy of soul or mind or heart in seeking out an answer from something we don't know. In the middle of the tragedy is when we tuck into what we do know. I know that God is always good. I know that Jesus and his work was always faithful. I know the heart and the character of God towards me, towards my loved one, towards this situation. I, I stick with what I know. I don't focus on what I don't know. Now later, and I, I jokingly say this, you know, later in in a kind of down the road from the event, I have asked God questions. Well, why did that happen? What about this over there? And God said, "Well, on one sense, do you really want to know?" Right. I mean, again, this is a little light in the sense of 
Uh, I was a young parent. We had one child at the time, our oldest, Sophia. She was probably two. And kids can all be whiny, but there was a season where she was extra whiny. She was over-the-top whiny. And I remember going to God genuinely in prayer and saying, God, why is this happening? Why is this kid being so whiny? What is going on? And the Holy Spirit just on the inside in my knower just said, hey, it's because you're whining about this at work and you're whining about this at church and you're whining because you don't get this. She's whining because you're whining. And I remember stopping and going, you know, God, not the answer I was looking for because I was looking for an answer outside of me. And, and I encourage people, don't ask the why question until you're ready to really know why. And you're really ready to receive any instruction that may come that's pointed back at you, right? So until then, stick with what you know and only ask why when you really, really, truly, really wanna know. Otherwise, just stick with the goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God. Now, this person continues and they say things like this. Well, I know that at one of our gatherings, we talked about this and that we would never blame God. And this person says, I will never blame God. It's not his character. He wants us whole. He wants us well. However, we do tend to put the blame on people when we're pressed for an answer. And I love what she says. And that just seems to be the absolute worst. And again, that's kind of what happens, right? Is okay. If we, we either going to blame God or we're going to blame the person who passed away, they didn't have enough faith or they had some kind of unconfessed sin, or they had some kind of X, Y, Z situation that happened that again, we may not know of, we may not know what was going on inside of that person's heart and soul and mind. Um, but what I've found is, and this is the, the sticky part is, is we, it's not about blaming people. It's about genuinely, again, seeking the answer and being willing to hear truth, even if truth hurts. Um, and again, I don't know if this may be some, as I was thinking on this question, that this may not be some of the best analogies, but this came to mind. You know, if, uh, if you met me, and you bumped into me and you know right now if i look at myself physically i'll weigh about 225 pounds uh but let's say you bumped into me and i had i had, I had increased my weight to about 300 pounds and let's say you bump into me and you see me and i'm i'm pushing the scales at 300 325 pounds i'm 100 pounds heavier than i am now how many of you would blame me how many of you would come up and go brad uh did you let yourself go uh, Brad, do you, um, do you exercise? Hey, hey, Brad, do you, do you need to go talk to your doctor? Do you need to see how many of you would begin in genuine earnestness? You would begin a conversation with, well, Brad, what's going on with you? Or again, maybe not a perfect analogy, but let's say it was financial and you, you hear me sharing what's going on in my life and I'm tens of thousands of dollars in debt and I can't keep a job and it's always just some issue going on with us. We're going from financial tragedy to financial tragedy. Um, how many of you would begin the conversation with, well, Brad, uh, why can't you keep a job? Well, Brad, have you gone and you know maybe taken a class on how to set a budget or put some things in place? How many of you would begin to ask honest, caring questions that are directed towards me because you would not blame me, 
but you would be able to physically kind of recognize well, what's going on with you. And guys, listen, when it comes to healing, we tend to not want to do that. I don't know why we don't want to do that, but I've tend to notice that when it comes to, well, why didn't someone get healed? We either jump immediately to, well, it must be somehow something to do with God, right? Or again, we jump over to the devil. Well, the devil's attacking them. The devil got them. The devil stole them, which again, we might address that here in a minute. And, and, I, and I would say that might be plausible, but in many cases, we don't actually start with what's going on with that person. And I, and I love what the, the person asking the question says. It says, now, I'm saying blame because it seems that people blame God, that blame God needs someone to blame, right? I do feel that sometimes people just are ready to go to heaven. And this person is asking, does this question make sense? And it does. And again, and it's such a broad conversation and I'd love to keep this conversation going. So please ask some follow-up questions. When you listen to this, you can find me online. I'm easy to find Brad Holloman, or you can uh, uh, look us up, Life of Faith North and find us. Um, and just, if you know me or listen to this, you can send me a text or send me a, again, a Facebook message is one of the best ways to get me with this stuff. But listen, we, we kind of look at this and, and their answer is, is, well, why did so-and-so die? And if, if I don't know that person well enough to where through physical or earthly relationship, I don't know them, then I, don't, I won't know. Or if God doesn't show me or reveal it in some way, then, um, then we don't know. Right. So either way, we don't know what's going on. I mean, I've, I've seen the gamut over the years. You know, um, I've, I've seen people who we were praying and believing they would be healed. Um, and it turned out they just wanted to go to heaven. I'll, I'll tell a story of some years ago. Um, there was in one of the churches where we were pastoring, there was a, a young boy. And I'm talking about a child. He was, I think, eight, nine or 10. If I, I can't remember exactly at the time of his passing. He had a very kind of strange disease that would produce these tumors in his body, and he had a few removed. But at one point, the disease began to produce a tumor in his brain, and uh, we were believing and standing, and man, just all that we understood about healing, all we understood, we were standing there, we were trusting God that there would be a miracle take place, and then he passes away, and his parents call, and they say, Brad, we want you to come. We're believing you're just going to raise him up from the dead. And I'm headed to the meeting to go. And I'm thinking, okay, God, I've never attempted to raise somebody from the dead, but here we go. I can see it in scripture. And on the inside, the Holy Spirit said, Brad, don't try. Don't try to raise him from the dead. And I just knew within me, and I didn't know why, I just couldn't pray for him to come back. Not because it's not biblical, and not because of anything that I knew from scripture that God wouldn't, I just knew God said, not this time. Inside, man, talk about rightfully so, making some people upset. I show up and I say, no, we're not gonna do that. Let's just, let's just grieve, let's just love one another. And people were mad at me. And, and again, and rightfully so, because I'm one of those preachers that talks about God wants to raise people from the dead. Well, it, we went through the whole thing, went through a funeral, went through uh, laying uh, you know, his remains to rest. 
And I forgot it was a number of weeks after the funeral, they were going through their son's things and they find the letter that he had written not that many days before he had died or, or sometime before that. It was, it was a letter that was within a range of, of near his death. It might've been a, a few days or weeks, but no more than a month or so if I'm remembering right. But basically this young man had written a letter to his family and said, mom, dad, I went to heaven. I saw Jesus. I, I saw where, where I'm going and I wanna go. And so this young man wanted to just go ahead and go home. He saw what Paul talked about. He had a, in a, just by the grace of God, God gave him a glimpse of where he was going. And like Paul said, and it was far better, even far better than being miraculously healed in here. And that letter brought such peace to all of us, but especially his family, because they were like, oh, he, he saw he wanted to go. Guys, listen, we don't always know why something happens. So again, we stick with what we know, right? And again, so what do we know? That Jesus paid for all of our diseases. Jesus paid for all of our sickness. That on the cross, by his stripes, we were healed from all disease right? Uh, we see in his life when he was ministering on the earth that Jesus healed everyone that came to him and he healed everyone he went to. So there was never a single instance in the life and ministry of Jesus where Jesus left someone unhealed that either again came to him or he went to, right? The only time that we see where Jesus did not have success in healing was famously when it says, and he went to his own hometown, but because they didn't receive him for who he was, they had unbelief in their heart. It says at that place, he couldn't really do anything other than heal a few minor uh, ailments and sicknesses because the Bible says, because of their unbelief, right? So the only limiting thing that ever limited Jesus from healing in his time was people's unbelief. But Jesus himself, he healed everyone. Everyone, he had 100% healing of everyone that came to him seeking healing and whom he went to heal, right? And so we have to know that was his character. He healed them all, all the time. So from God's perspective, healing is forever settled. God's will about healing is forever settled. He wants us well. He wants us healthy. He wants us full of life. Again, Jesus said famously, John chapter 10, I have come that you might have life and that you would have that life in superabundance. Well, well, there's no form of illness that is superabundant life, no matter what it is, from the common cold to cancer or something severe, Sickness is never connected to the understanding of life and especially abundant life. So on God's side, he wants us well. He wants us well all the time. Right now, again, back to the devil's side. Again, we said that first verse, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy people. The devil's MO is to bring about death and destruction, pain, suffering, that is all from the devil's camp. So we do know where all of that comes from. It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that Jesus went about doing good 
and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So again, in that one verse there in Acts, it says that Jesus healed them all. And he said those that needed healing were people who were being oppressed by the devil. So in that one verse, it kind of gives us those two bookends. Healing is on God's side. Sickness and oppression are on the devil's side, right? And then again, we are in the middle. We are in this thing. And, and I'll kind of land the plane on this because we're approaching our time. It's a very simplistic thing I've shared for years, and I call it Brad's simplistic formula on biblical theology. And it's simply this. There's God plus Brad equals God's will as I read it in the Bible. Do you see that little analogy? One more time if you're taking notes. There's God plus Brad equals God's will on whatever subject as it's recorded in scripture, as, as God leads us and reveals by the spirit scripture. So that's what life looks like. So the God piece, we would all say, is perfect. There is no shadow of turning in him. There's no variance of change in him. God is always good, right? Well, then there's the Bible. And I would say, probably all of you who are listening, and the Bible is perfect, right? The Bible is inerrant. It's accurate. It's trustworthy. Um, so the Bible side, God's will as revealed in scripture is perfect. But what part of that equation isn't perfect yet? <laughs> well, obviously that's the Brad piece of the equation. So I have learned in my own life, again, when things don't go the way I see them in the Bible, are when things don't go according to the clear, understandable nature of God, then when I go to examine why something has happened or is going on, I would be wise to start with the piece of the equation that isn't perfect. Lord, what's going on in me? Where am I at really with what I believe and what I say I believe? Where am I in within myself toward how I think about you, how I think about what your word says on this situation, right? Instead of it just being, well, not my fault. I didn't do this. Nothing I did can't be my fault, right? Gotta be God's fault, gotta be the devil's fault. It's my mama's fault, my daddy's fault, somebody else's fault. Guys, listen, we have to take ownership first of what is ours. There is a lost doctrine in our church today of personal responsibility, that we have a personal responsibility about what is going on in our lives, okay? So love you guys again. Let's continue this conversation. Please send in more questions. Uh, let me know uh, your thoughts on this. You know, ask away, uh, no holds barred, not gonna hurt my feelings. Um, and again, you can find me on Facebook as Brad Holloman. You can go to our church's webpage. Um, you can email me at Brad. The email address is Brad, B-R-A-D, at L-O-F dot church. And so we will see you again on the next episode of The Pastor in Your Podcast.